Buenos dias, buenos dias, buenos dias. Welcome to today's Mayito Minute. I'm bringing it to you guys a little bit early today because uh, I've got my first long ride of the season coming up. I'm uh, planning on taking on 100 miles, going to be out there for uh, between five and five and a half hours probably. So I've got a long one, so I've got to get all my stuff in order so that I can uh, get ready and uh, go ride my bicycle for a little while. So, But without further ado, um, if you guys follow along with the podcast and you follow the narrative, yesterday I talked about good character, uh, Seneca, quote by Seneca, talking about good character and the fact that that's really the only thing that la- you know that leads to like everlasting kind of satisfaction, happiness. Um, and then the second part of, uh, the, the quote there was, uh, something along the lines of like, you know, if you've got good character when these, sometimes there's going to be clouds that roll in, right? So the clouds is kind of metaphorical for, um, circumstances kind of getting knocked down, whatever. But if you've got that good character, he says, you know, eventually those clouds, you know, they, they don't block the sunlight. Um, you know, it may be harder to see, it may not be poking through as clearly, but eventually when those clouds go away, like you see that sun that was behind all along, which is, um, which is good character, right? And uh, and I said that I would talk about good character today. I said that, you know, I, I felt like good character is something that everybody kind of knows. Yeah, you should have good character. But I think a lot of times we fall short of actually defining what good character is. And so I said that today I would uh, I would address that. Um, and I'm going to. I'm going to. But I think I'm going to do it kind of in a roundabout way. So yesterday when I made that statement and then I wrapped up that podcast, like the first thought that came to my mind was uh, I've got a book so uh, sitting on my shelf that I've wanted to pull off the shelf and kind of digest it and, um, and kind of get out in podcast form to you guys. A great book written by Bill Walsh called The Score Takes Care of Itself. And for whatever reason, mainly laziness on my part, I haven't done that. I haven't gotten out information from this book that I feel is such a great book uh, on just leadership. Um, and so yesterday when I wrapped up the podcast, I said, you know what? We're going to Bill Walsh. We're going to, I'm going to take that book off the shelf and I'm going to go back through some of the stuff that I highlighted, some of the pages that I, that I turned the corner on to kind of come back to later. And I'm going to do this. And so I'm going to bring you something from the book, The Score Takes Care of Itself, and it's pretty simple. Um, it's it, it, So he divides the book up into little sections, and the section that I'm going to be taking from is called Winners Act Like Winners, and then in parentheses, he put before they're winners. And so here's the quote. It says, champions behave like champions before they're champions. They have a winning standard of performance before they are winners. And then he goes on to say, the culture precedes positive results. So I want to break this down. Uh, I, I believe that this is good character. Like, so what is he saying here? Ladies and gentlemen, today, in whatever it is that we are doing, we have the opportunity to behave like champions. There, there's nothing holding us back from behaving like champions today. All of us can do that. All of us can do that even though we're not yet champions. People maybe aren't yet calling us champions. The scoreboard doesn't yet reflect that we're champions. Our record doesn't yet reflect that we're champions. Our bank account, if that's what you're looking at, doesn't yet reflect champions. Like, 
we have the opportunity to behave like champions even before we're champions. And I think this is a huge thing. Um, it, it's He says the culture precedes the positive results. Bill Walsh, when he took over the San Francisco 49ers, for those of you that don't know who Bill Walsh is, he was... He took over the San Francisco 49ers, which was an organization that was in shambles. The year before he took over the 49ers, they had gone 2-14. and 14. They were the worst team in the league. 2-14 and 14 record. The, the first year that he was coach, he came in there and he says, thankfully, he had a management that was willing to be patient with him. He said, look, this is what I want to do. Um... And he didn't talk about winning, by the way. He didn't talk about um, record. He didn't talk about what kind of statistics he wanted to pull offensively, defensively, like none of that stuff. He just came to them and he said, listen, I'm going to have a standard of performance and here's my standard of performance. And he basically ran through that standard for the management and the management said, okay, we'll, we'll give you some space. We'll give you some room. You go ahead and instill that standard of performance and, and we'll trust you. And the first year that Bill Walsh was coach, amongst all this fanfare and the standard of performance, and I'm going to do this, and the, and the management saying, okay, cool, we're going to give you room, the San Francisco 49ers went 2-14. and 14. They had the same exact record that they had the previous year. The second year that Bill Walsh was head coach of the 49ers, I believe, I can't remember, you can fact check me for those of you that, that follow his story or whatever, I think they won four games instead of two games like the, like the first year he was coach. So they're still, on paper in terms of the scoreboard, they're still, you know, kind of not really that good. But Bill Walsh stuck with and said, I have a standard of performance. It's a, it's a winning standard of performance, by the way. And in the book, he talks about the organization, the 49ers, and how all the way from the receptionist answering the phones at the front office of the 49ers, all the way through to the last member in the 49ers organization, they had a standard of performance that they were going to adhere to that was a standard of performance that was fit for champions, fit for people that were successful. And they stuck to that. Now, in terms of their record, that second year he was coach, having won four games, if you dug a little bit deeper, all of a sudden you notice, right? So in football, you've got offense and you've got defense. Like on offense, their, their, their offensive categories kind of began moving up. I think they were the sixth best ranked total offense in the NFL in the second year. So in, like in, um, putting in that standard of performance, you began to see pretty quickly just little things, just little signs, just little telltale, you know, um, clues that this organization, they're, they're, they're on their way up. They're, they're doing things a certain way and they're, they're improving. They're getting better. They're learning and they're growing. But in terms of the big thing, Hey, how good are the 49ers? Well, two and 14, and then a four game win, you know, season, uh, four game winning season there, uh, the next year. But then I believe it was in their third or their fourth year. They win the Super Bowl. Like they won the whole thing. 
But see, what they were doing the entire time was they were conducting themselves as champions before they were champions. And so for those of us that are listening for, to this and for those of us that are resonating with this message, the, the problem, the hard part there comes in that it, it's, it's hard to do when you can't see what you want to see when you want to see it. And you're going to have to be, we're going to have to be patient. We're going to have to trust that this standard of performance that we put in, that the things that we do on a daily basis that we say, hey, what would, you know, what would a champion do here? What would somebody who is successful do in this situation? What would somebody who is a winner do in this situation? That as we go about our day and as we take those moments and as we put them under a microscope, and then we act accordingly, that we're trusting that those small decisions that we're making consistently are going to eventually like snowball into success that can be seen on the outside. We're feeling like champions on the inside, individually, as a team, as a bigger organization, and we're doing the right things, but eventually that stuff, that, that culture, that standard of performance is going to like seep out into the outside world where people can actually physically see what it is that we've been doing all along because the culture will always precede the results. Uh, I didn't know that I was going to go here, but you know, Clemson just won the national championship game. They beat Alabama. They, they trounced Alabama. I mean, it wasn't even a game. I, I, was, I was actually very surprised that the game went the way that it did, number one, because I thought Alabama was going to win, and number two, because it just it wasn't even as close as I thought it was going to be. I mean, if Clemson won, I thought it was going to be a close game. But if you listen to Dabo Sweeney speak, and if, then if you listen to his players speak that, that, are, that are quote-unquote underneath him, there's just this culture that is preceding the, the results. Like Clemson hasn't always been this good, but, but he's got this culture going that's preceding that. So can we, can we just ignore everything on the outside and just go with what we need to do on the inside and act as champions, even before we're champions, and behave like champions? Now, I want to end with this because I think it's important. I got two things for you. Number one, what does being a champion look like for you personally? A, a champion, when you think of a champion. Now, here's the reason why I say that. Because some of you listening, maybe you're not involved in sports. Maybe you're not involved in athletic competition. So there's no championship. Like what's the championship of parenting, right? Like what's the championship of being in sales or marketing or business or, you know, being a doctor? Like what's the champion of that, right? There's no championship. Maybe you can point to a couple of awards maybe that you can win in your professional career. But for those of you listening, like I believe that we should be good in all areas of our life. I've got three kiddos of my own. Like how do you become a champion parent? Like what does that mean? Right, so I think it's important for us to define what what is a champion in the area that we're looking to put this winning standard of performance into, and then at, you know like like walking that out. What is it? What does it look like? Because it's not so cut and dry. I mean, he's writing a book as a coach of the 49ers, you know, so it's easy to say champion Super Bowl, champion NFC, you know, title, 
champion, you know, win-loss record, but but sometimes it's not easy to quantify what a champion is. So I think that's number one. And then at the end of that, I put for you. So what does it look like, you know, for you to be a champion? How would you define that? And the for you part, I think, is important. And here's the reason why. Because all of us are, and I've mentioned this over and over and over and over again, and I've talked about the 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 pit that... Um, the dangerous pit that making comparisons is and all of us are running different races and all of us are in di- at different places in our journey. So for you, for you, some of you guys are starting out maybe on a journey and like quote unquote, your team is quote unquote, you're two and 14. I mean, you're, you're one of the worst. I'm not saying that as a negative thing. I'm just saying like, that's where you are. And for some of you guys, you're already like, you know, a an 8 and 8 team. You're already at 500. So being a champion for the 8 and 8 team may look a little bit different than being a champion for the 2 and 14 team. The 2 and 14 team may have to be a little bit more patient in terms of getting to be that champion, getting to that championship versus the team that's already 8 and 8. Now, I say that, but it's not always necessarily so. So again, I I don't have the answer for you. What I think we need to extract is, hey, how can we today behave like champions? How can we today put in place that standard of performance, that winning standard of performance and apply that and not worry about what our record is, not worry about where we're coming from. Let's just dig our heels in and stick to that process that we feel is going to put us in a position to to be champions one day, to be winners. I think it's possible for everybody. I'm going to leave you with this. This is an encouragement. It's possible for everybody. I personally, I'm personally not one of those guys that likes to put a ceiling and a cap on performance and what somebody can and cannot achieve I don't believe in doing that. I'm not going to have somebody sit in front of me and I'm not going to have somebody, you know, where I analyze something about them and say, yeah, you know what? I think you're capable of this. I don't know that you're capable of this. I think that you're capable of this. And I'm going to end with Bill Walsh. He takes over a two and 14 team and they win Super Bowls. Now there was some turnover there in personnel, coaches, players, so on and so forth, but it got done, didn't it? I mean, the standard of performance it was it was the 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 process was in place and then he found individuals that were willing to plug into that process um guess what i'm going back to dabo sweeney because in one of his post game interviews that i heard he said you know we did it guys listen if clemson if this clemson team can do it and if a guy like me can do it then anybody can do it and, and what he was doing there, number one, tremendous humility shown by him, number one. But number two, what he was saying was this. We have a standard and a culture at Clemson, and it wasn't me and it wasn't any individual on this team. It literally was that standard of performance was there, and we all just sat around that campfire of that standard of performance, right? We all just gathered around that plugged into that. And, you know, as human beings, when we believed in that standard of performance and applied ourselves fully to that standard of performance and behaved like champions, then things began to happen. And I, and I love that because it's not, 
one man is more talented than another, one person is more motivated than another. It literally is. And this kind of goes back to, you know, I've mentioned James Clear and Atomic Habits quite a bit. And this goes back to, it, it's not that you are not capable and the person next to you is capable if both of you are trying to do the same thing. It's not that. It's that, that, that process, that standard of performance, whatever you want to call it, that habit forming behavior that you have, it, it's incorrect. It, it's, it's not suited to you personally and helping you to get to where you want to go. So I think this is highly encouraging. So if y'all want to go ahead and call into uh, the podcast or share, send me a message, something like I'd love to hear, how is it that we're behaving like champions? Because as I say, and I don't know that I've said that this, this year yet, so I'm going to say it now. I mean, I'm glad y'all are tuning into the podcast and I'm glad you guys are getting something out of it. But my biggest thing is, and my hope is that you're listening to the episodes and then that we actually do something with the content that we get. Like this is not like a, you know, a sit and play episode and then, you know, or a podcast and then like you run off and go do something else and kind of forget this ever happened. I mean, I'm really, I'm really hopeful and, and I'm really wanting to know like, what things are you doing now that are helping you to like forge that mindset of the fact that you are a champion and actually believing that if, if you're taking inaction, by the way, so like if you're not acting like a champion, then understand something. It's not because you can't be a champion. It's because you don't believe that you can be a champion. It's because you're kind of thinking to yourself, well, if I do these things, um, it, it's not going to work out for me. Like it, it, it's it sure like that thing may have worked out for that person and that's how they got to, to be where they are. But like if, if little old me does the same thing, I don't feel that I can get there and I want to put the brakes on that and I want to stop you there. If you plug into a process that's kind of tailored to you, but that has principles in it that other folks have used to be successful you will be successful. You may go to 114 the year after you plug that process in, but you got to keep putting one foot in the other, one foot in front of the other, I'm sorry, and you've got to keep moving forward. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I I hope that you've gotten something out of this. And again, I would love to hear from you and I would love to hear how you're going to weave this into the fabric of uh, of your daily life. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time.